I'm Kayla. Hi, I'm Jamie. This is an impromptu episode because I can't do math, which uh, <laughs> is not a surprise to anyone. I don't think it shouldn't be. But I kept saying like, oh yeah, we don't have to do anything this week because we have this special Queen Mary episode that we recorded. It has to be released on the 25th. Oh, hey, next <laughs> week is it the 25th? <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to rush through this month. It's so great. I know. So yeah, so we kind of scrambled, mm-hmm. but it was Friday the 13th this week, mm-hmm. which is just kind of more, you know, it, depending on how you view it, it's either really exciting and full of energy and creepy and witchy and weird, or it's like bad luck yeah. and like evil. And and I like both sides of that because I like right. I like horror evil movie, things. like Friday the 13th, sure. and I, but, I, but I like the other side more. Because I think it is, like, I don't know, I've always loved it, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Even when I was, like, more scared of spooky things than I am now, I still always, like, it just felt like there was a cool energy to that day. 13 is one of my favorite numbers. 13 and 3. You and Taylor Swift. Yep. <laughs> Listen, I was born before her. No, you weren't. No, I wasn't. She's no, my sister's she's, age, she's right? She's my age. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Well, anyway, so, since it's all, like, witchy, I thought you know what? I want to talk about some witch crimes. So that's what I found for you. But first, I think we wanted to just – look, we've had a crazy weekend. I have a great story to tell. Okay. Um, Okay, so I – well, it's not great. It's horrible. kind of really (laughs) fucked up my day today. Um, But I – so this episode, I'm not smoking. I'm just drinking my whiskey. And it's because we went to Six Flags for Fright Fest on Saturday. Had a great time – we were talking about it. A lot of the, a lot of the reason we had such a good time was because of the people we were with. So shout out to it's Creepy Kingdom and Nightmarish Conjuring. Like I work with both of them as well. They were amazing, and thank you so much for putting up for with me because they, uh, if they happen to listen to our podcast, um, <laughs> they were like definitely like. It's funny because they were like clearly veterans, and I consider myself kind of like. Not not a veteran, but, like, I'm, like, I've done this, yeah. you know? And, like, the one girl, Shannon, was, like, why do you want to come if you hate haunts? And I was, <laughs> like, no, I love them. Like, this is how I do haunts. I need to be screaming, and I need to be terrified the entire time. And no matter what, I will be. And that's what I love about them. Like, No, and I feel the same way. It's, it's funny because it's always interesting to me when someone – because people, like, see us reacting and they think it's weird. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't have to be here. And, but then I see people, you know, like them, or I have a few, like Madeline, and I have a few other friends, and my Aunt Sarah, who I, like, kind of would go to haunts with, mm-hmm. also obviously my mom, but my Aunt Sarah used to work in haunts, so she was never oh. affected by anything. Right. And just, like, when she was a teen. Okay. But she would, like, tell us little secrets and stuff, so it was fun. That's awesome. Uh, but it's just funny to me, because I'm like, like, what are they getting out of it? I right. wonder. Because for me, the thing is the fear because you're like because it's it's fear in a safe environment you know I can be afraid but I can be completely confident that it will all be over nothing will actually come to harm me right and then when I leave like the second we leave every single maze we've ever done we immediately burst out laughing right so it's like it's that yeah it's fear but it's energy and and then you like the adrenaline rush like it's a very safe adrenaline rush is exactly what it is to me um I used when I used to be sober like I used to always be like have to do things that gave me adrenaline and like being scared is one of them um shooting guns is another like not just out 
willy-nilly but like in a in a shooting range um but like shit like that where it's like kind of dangerous and spooky and mm-hmm. then you get the rush from it and yeah so I was but like it's like safe and but it's safe. safe yeah I agree with that aside from the guns I find them very scary yeah but <laughs> but yeah but that's exactly it so it's funny because but yeah that's like we actually we each had a funny moment with yes a like a scare actor when we were there so I'll, Jamie you saw the first one okay which is yours okay <laughs> So um, we're walking through what what maze was it? I don't even remember. Maybe it, it might have been the Willoughby one. Okay, you no, because I had the pumpkin already. Oh, I think it was Little Red Riding Hood one. Oh well, that one was scary. Okay, you know what? Yeah, de- it definitely was. That okay, one. Red's so, Revenge. Red's Revenge. Kayla um, won a little pumpkin thing, and so like I'd been holding on to Kayla's arm the whole time, but she's like trying to film it and stuff, so it was hard for her, I imagine. <laughs> um, so she gave me her pumpkin as like a literally like a support animal, like you know stuffed animal. Jack thing. the emotional support pumpkin. Jack the emotional support <laughs> pumpkin. Um, so I'm holding that, walking through this maze, and I'm like, oh, and this actually leads in before this. This leads into why I'm not smoking right, today, right, 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 because we were about to go into this maze, and I was like, hey, like Kayla brought a weed pen, and I was like, can I have a hit of that? But we were like right at the front. And so I was like trying to be sneaky because I don't really understand what the rules are because it's like legal in California, but it's like not necessarily like you can smoke everywhere or whatever. So rather than like take a bunch of little puffs, which is like what I wanted to do, I was like, okay, let me just take like one giant rip so I can just like get it out, put, you know, smoke goes away and, and that'll be it. So I took a huge rip and I like the second I like blew it out and saw how much smoke there was, I was like, mm, this is not going to be a good idea. And just to interject real quickly, I can confirm that it was a it, it was like it was almost a cool Halloween effect if you didn't know what the, the <laughs> effect would be because you just see the pumpkin and all the smoke coming out from behind it I was like like I actually think I made a comment after yeah. and I was like oh shit okay yeah. yeah I was like oh god that's too much that's gonna be too much for me and it ended up being too much for me and that's why I'm not smoking today um but yeah so we're walking through the maze and I'm terrified like usual And there's, like, you know, the people in the maze that are, like, helping guide you and they're, like, event staff or whatever. Anyways, this woman, like, taps me on the shoulder and I I swear she was going to yell at me and, like, pull me out of the maze because I was too high. Like, I was, like, (laughs) she knows. She taps me on the shoulder and then she, like, I guess I just look so terrified. She was, like, okay, like, up there, someone's going to jump out, okay, just so you know. (laughs) She really did. I heard her. And she was, like, it's going to be okay. You're almost done. And I was, like... (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> and then I had kind of the reverse experience where we were walking through, I think this was also Red's Revenge. And there's a scene, they had a few really interactive parts of the maze that I, I really liked actually. Like we had to crawl through something and like you'd be walking and then at the ceiling just got shorter and shorter and you ended up having to like duck your head all the way down. Mm. Like very different just keep, to keep you like moving and yeah. you know, I thought it was cool but there was one part where they had it was the last maze we did I think and like I was so hot and my like chubby thighs were rubbing together and I was just there like there was a lot of chafing that over happened. it there's so fucking much walking at Six Flags you guys I did not realize it literally is a mountain it's huge anyway <laughs> so people I look I look down and people are like it was a set of bunk beds and people are like sliding across the bed to get to the other side and at first I thought it was an actor and then I saw all my friends do it <laughs> and you went right before me yeah. and I just was like are you kidding me <laughs> and then I turned and one of the scare actors was standing there and they were like you can walk around I was <laughs> like oh 
<laughs> and I was embarrassed, but then I actually I definitely took him up on that yeah. offer and walked around. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it was a it was an interesting night. Oh wait. Oh. My panic attack? Yeah. Okay. Well, only if you want to. Oh, yeah. No, 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 because it's funny and it kind of involves you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. So Magic Mountain's up in, like, Santa Clara. Clar- Clarita. Thank you. Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. And it's, you know, a bit of a drive. Um. So I made Kayla <laughs> – so even though we did all this walking, you also had to walk from the parking lot, but there were, like, shuttles that could take you back. But It was, I was a long walk. It was a long walk, but I had just taken that giant rip that was right before we went in our last maze. So I was like, let me walk. Like, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to walk it off because I need to make sure I'm good to drive. And I was good to drive. Yeah. And then we get back here and then Kayla, like, we were going to record last night and then we're like talking about it and she was like, uh, can we record tomorrow because I'm just going <laughs> to pass out. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fine. And I was like, perfect because I need, you know, it's always good to like get to bed before midnight on a Saturday. It's kind of like energizing. You don't yeah. feel like you've wasted your Sunday then. Um, but no, I went on to waste my Sunday. So I get home and I'm like pulling to my house. Yeah. So I, so before I went over to Kayla's house on Saturday to go to Fright Fest, um, I was in my sink, in my kitchen. Oh. Yeah. I was in my kitchen and there were these little flying bugs all over the like window. Cause there's a window right above my sink and a couple were in the sink. And I was like, what the fuck are these? And so I, like, killed them all, and then I was, like, researching it, and they're fucking flying termites, which is – apparently they're not harmful to humans, um, so that's nice. And it's also not my problem. It's not, like, because I'm messy or left food out. It's literally because my building is so cheap and falling apart. So I'm, like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to fucking do anything about this if they don't harm me, and as long as I don't have to see them. I don't care if they're eating away at the walls. So anyway, so I got back home and I like pulled into my garage and I just kept thinking about because I was really thirsty and I kept thinking about like I'm going to have to go into that kitchen and it's nighttime and I bet they've like tripled and there's like them every – so it like freaked me out. Well, and like, real quick, one of her biggest fears oh, yeah. is little things in large numbers. Yes. I can't do that. A bunch of little ants, couscous. Like it's not specific to insects. <laughs> um, like sun – I love sunflowers but if I look at like the center with oh. all the seeds, mm, no. So, yeah, so that, like, started my panic attack. And then I just uh, started walking. So I live in North Hollywood, and there's, like, a triangle that, like, it's, like, three long streets, and it's kind of, like, where downtown, like, North Hollywood is. So I just am, like, walking this triangle like a fucking manic, having this insane panic attack. Like, I couldn't calm down. I felt like my body was on fire. I was like, you know, all the normal symptoms of panic attack, but especially the body being on fire. Like I literally was like, I need to take off all my clothes. I need to like, what the fuck? It was horrible. So I'm just walking around and I like go to, oh, and also like I like, of course, that's um, the friend breakup that I went through. I was going to say, yeah, that's on the route. The friend breakup I went through was with this guy who it turns out I'm actually in love with, which I guess everyone knew but me. Um, and that's why I'm taking very Rachel of you. And that's why I'm taking this friendship breakup really hard because it turns out, um, yeah, I'm actually turns out it was a breakup. Turns out it was a breakup. Turns out I'm very upset. Turns out, yeah. So, anyways, he lives two blocks from me. So like, I'm walking this route. He's on like his apartment's on that route. So I'm like freaking out. And then I go into like I even go in. This is how like fucked up I was. I even go into bars and I order like a drink because I'm like, okay, I need to be around people. So like if I pass out, someone knows. 
and I don't even finish my whiskey. I just order it and sit and look at it and like freak out. Like that's how messed up, like I paid for my whiskey and I didn't finish it. <laughs> and I did that like two or three bars. What? Yeah. And I'm just like freaking out. It's okay. So at this point, it's like one in the morning and I get a text from someone named Skylar and it's like, haha, I just saw that you added me. It was like, hey, how are you doing? Long time, like. Or, like, I meant to hit you up earlier um, or something like that. And then I was, like, I just saw that you added, in like, under your name, you said Jamie. And then you said, like, in the notes or something, your last name was, like, can't dance, send help. And I was, like, I was like that definitely sounds like drunk me. I don't remember it. But I was, like, who the fuck is Skylar? And all I could think of was your friend that we went to Long Beach with. And I was, like, I don't think I gave her my number. But remember, we went with those two girls. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, you really liked her. I loved her. So I was like, and then then it kind of made sense because that was a really long time ago. So I was like, okay, maybe just now she's hitting me up. I was like, maybe she's just like drunk. I'm not sure. And then I was like texting her. I was like, oh, what are you up to? And she was, I thought she was like, oh, I'm just finishing like some editing on like a screenplay or something like that. And I was like, okay, I remember she's like in the industry. So Mm -hmm. I was like, this is adding up, whatever. And she was like, do you want to grab a drink? And I was like, yeah, I'm out at a bar. Like, and she's like, oh, cool. I'm like right by that area. Like, I was like, cool, order you a drink. And also I was like, what do you want? And I was at a brickyard, which only has beer. And she was like, oh, a margarita, a Cadillac margarita, which I also thought was like a very, not to be like gender typing, but I was like, okay, like this is definitely oh, this girl, girl you know, yeah. like, especially because I think we had margaritas I'm when we were out. I'm starting to feel like it wasn't. No, oh no, it wasn't. Oh, so, and of course, I'm having this panic attack and I'm trying to meditate and I don't believe in God, but I like try and connect with the universe and be like, okay, calm down. And so I'm honestly thinking like the universe sent me this girl. It's perfect because no one else, down. yeah, no one else is awake. Here's her to help me calm down. I was like so excited. And then right before they get there, I get a text that's like, hey, I cut off all my hair since I last saw you, but I'm still black. But then it's a black emoji. And I was like, that's weird because she has black hair. So yeah. I was like, okay, so like, okay, yeah. And I was like, I don't know, that's kind of like, I was like, maybe that just like auto-corrected to like a black emoji. But I was like, that's kind of weird thing for a white girl to say yeah. about her hair. Nope, it's not Skylar. <laughs> it's Skylar, a boy that I met at the Geo Metro party a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he taught me how to dance and he was like, <laughs> really high on Molly and I thought he was gay and then he like was like can I kiss you and I was like I guess and then he just like like didn't like make out with me just like kiss me like peck me on the lips and I was like okay so you're probably just like high on Molly and you're actually probably gay and like whatever don't remember giving him my number it's him so he so what I thought was my like girl power savior turns out to be some guy I've kissed that, yeah, I'm enthusiastically being, like, at 1.30 in the nighttime, hey, come over, come to this bar. I'm, like, completely different vibe. <laughs> so he, like, rolls up, and then he's, like, talking to me, and then I'm, like, you are not who I thought you were. I don't want you to be here. And it was so uncomfortable because, like, the bar closed at 2. He got there at 1.30. And then we just, like, I just kept walking my triangle route, and he just kept walking with me, and then I was, like, okay, I'm ready to go sleep. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, you said you live around here. And I was like, oh, why don't we go, like, to your house? And he was like, okay. Like, and he had took it, taken an Uber there. 
because he doesn't drive in LA. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, actually, I just need to go home and check on my house, and then I'll drive over to you, so why don't you take the Uber first, and then I'll come over and, like, (laughs) had to, like, finagle my way out of this. And then, of course, I finally get him an Uber, and he keeps being like, oh, my Uber canceled on me. And I'm like, bullshit, dude, like, I'm just ready to go to sleep, except for I wasn't. So, yeah, so then he, like, (laughs) gets in his Uber, goes off, whatever. I go, I finally go home. I walk around like another 30 minutes. I finally go home and then I get like a text like, hey, love, when are you going to be over here? And it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> so then that just stressed me out even more. So then I puzzled from like three in the morning to like eight and then it was eight and I was like, okay, well now like people are out. So I went and got a coffee because I was just fucking wired. I was having a nine hour panic attack. And then finally at 10 a.m. this morning, I fell asleep. So that was my Saturday. That's like when I woke up. That's when I was planning on waking up. I thought I'd be up at 8. I thought I'd be in bed by midnight, be up at 8, go on a run, go to the gym. No, I don't do those things. Go to the ocean, never got to the ocean. Very, very upsetting. So that's my long-winded story. And if your friend Skylar listens, because we told her to. (laughs) She'd love to actually talk to you. (laughs) Please hit me up and just know I was so excited for you to come get a drink with me at 1 in the morning. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. So, I mean, look, we That's described we one day to you. So that it's been a crazy weekend because we crazy. also did Universal on Thursday. Mm. But we'll we'll tell you about that in a different podcast. Yes. All right. Well, I guess we should start. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I also just want to say the one other thing. I got a mic. I I bought a mic cuz I'm committed to this podcast yes. now. I'm like really trying, guys. Um Brought it over here with my computer. I have a newer Mac, so it has the micro USB cords. Did not bring my converter. Kayla was like, okay. I was like, brought the mic over. So excited. Nope, we're using one mic again. So next episode, maybe it won't sound like shit. Okay. That's all. All right. Kayla has a story. Yes. Right, because reminder, because it might have been confusing based (laughs) on what happened earlier, this is a true crime podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, so look for our um, spinoff dating, dating pod. Yeah. <laughs> dabbling in dating. Or what was the other one we wanted? Well, I'm going to keep that oh. tighter to the vest. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Coming at some point. Coming at some point. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Your computer was just like, nope, you My- took too long. <laughs> My computer straight up the minute I turned to read my notes, it went to the screensaver. And it's been awake for the last what yeah. how long have we been recording? 20 minutes. Yeah. That moment. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, although I just watched The Simple Favor and the whole time Blake Lively's like, don't say sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have two stories. It was supposed to be two short stories, but one of them was kind of long, but I really like it. Okay. And I got I used a bunch of sources, obviously Ranker, um, Ranker. Ottawa Citizen, ABC News, a bunch more. They'll all be in the notes. And you know one of the sources I used? Hmm. The Albuquerque Journal. What? Is this what takes place in New Mexico? Shut the fuck up. The first one does. So also I just like to point out that um my grandpa was editor, sports editor of the Albuquerque Journal. Oh. And my grandma had her own column. It's a pretty exclusive newspaper. (laughs) The only newspaper of Albuquerque. (laughs) 
I love it. Love it. Okay. Okay. Fuck, I don't know this. All right. Let's see. So Joel Leva, he was 52. Okay. He was found in 2010 in the Sandia foothills of yes, Mexico. Yes. Yes. With uh, 13 stab wounds. Mm. So Angela Sanford, she's 30. Okay. She had met him days earlier at a casino. Which one? Do we know? I don't know. Do you want to take a guess? Um, I'm going to say it's either Azleta, Sandia, or that's going to be it. Okay. Santa Ana. There we go. So they met at a casino. She invited him to join her in the Sandia foothills to celebrate. Damn, I meant to look this up. I'm going to say Beltane, and I'm going to assume it's probably wrong because I know the whole um, Sam Hain, Sawan thing. So, all right. No but idea. I'm sorry. That's what I'm going to say because we're already started, so I don't want to look it up now. But. No, fuck that. Okay. So, um, it's the celebration of spring, and it's held on May Day. Um, and apparently, he was not weirded out by a woman he had just met asking him to do a pagan ritual with him in the foothills. Okay. So, I will say this. Sorry. I just bumped that. Um, so, the Sandia foothills. So, Albuquerque's in a valley, and then we have the river, and then we have a giant mountain. And so the Sandia foothills are the bottom of the mountain before you climb up it. And I will say, like, there's not a lot to do in Albuquerque. So a lot of times, first dates, you either go walk along the Bosque, which is where the river is, or you go hike the Sandia foothills. So a little weird about the oh, pagan ritual. Okay, okay. But, like, but pretty, like, pretty it's, standard. Yeah, not weird that he she was like, come to the Sandia foothills. It's just weird. She was like, oh, by the way, we're doing a pagan ritual. Right, okay. And, like, yes, I know pagan rituals now, like Christmas and everything. But I just mean – Actually, and I was also going to say – Probably not that weird about a pancake ritual because I've been to the Sandia foothills for like a drum circle where we do yoga and like connect to our spirits or whatever and like, I don't know, rub dirt into our skin and then become Mother Earth or whatever. People are really outdoors again, like hippie-ish in Albuquerque, so. I understand the hippie-ish part, but I'm really not that outdoors. No, I fucking hate the outdoors. I, I've always loved that like meme, those like some e-cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, I'm outdoorsy in that I like getting drunk on patios, <laughs> which I very much do. I was going to say, the only time I like outdoors is the ocean. Yep. That's the only thing. They met on the hiking trail. They shared beers and tequila. Oh, of <laughs> course. That's all we drink. <laughs> um, and then she said, so this is Sanford. She said that Leva tied her arms and made inappropriate sexual gestures before taking her dagger out of her pants because, yes, she had a dagger in her pants. Okay, wait. Who's tied up? The girl. The girl's tied up. Mm-hmm. The boy's making inappropriate sexual gestures. And then he reached into her pants and took a dagger out. He reached into her pants. He and took, took a- the dagger out of her pants, yeah. Right. Okay. So the dagger was apparently called an athame. I know I'm saying it wrong. But it was supposed to be used as part of her Wiccan ritual. Okay. Um, but in reality, the athame is not meant to sacrifice anyone, but rather it's a consecrated item to use in rituals. But, uh, and what, what does consecrated mean? Like, like blessed and like, okay. you know, like it's just like sacred. Okay. okay. Um, so I think it was just like a part of a ceremony, but it's not like you actually have to like stab someone with it. Gotcha. Okay. But that's, that was her excuse. So she's saying it. So maybe she doesn't necessarily actually know anything about the religion. <laughs> I was going to say, as I recall, May Day involves tying a bunch of streamers to a pole and running around it. Cause I used to practice May Day when I was a child in which I 
tide streamers who are basketball hooping <laughs> by myself. But this is what Sanford says. This is Angela Sanford. Okay. So she said she was in fear of being raped. She said she wanted to play along to, in order to like not get attacked. So she kind of played into it and was like, well, I'm going to seduce you, which like that alone, I totally understand. I've been in situations that were uncomfortable right. and you're just kind of like, I don't want to get this man mad. Right. So I'll just like have to trick him or something. Absolutely. So that's what she said she did. She said she was like, I was seducing him. She had him take off his clothes. And she's the one that suggested like they go up and do this ritual. Okay. So she then had him lay on the ground. She took her ropes off. She took off all her clothes except for her underwear, straddled him, and then stabbed him three times in the stomach. So, like, that feels like that kind of playing to keep safe thing went a little too far. And also yeah. the wrong direction. Yeah. And it's also, like, okay, I'm assuming, now, no judgment. We all act different in situations where we're scared. But should I have been in that situation and I wanted to get away, I would want to keep all my clothes on because I would want to stab them so that they couldn't get up and chase me, and then I would want to run away. Yeah. And it would be very hard, in my opinion, to run down the Sandia foothills in your underwear and then try and find someone that's going to, like, come pick you up and take you to safety. Yeah. Just saying. Well, she said that's what she did then. She ran off asking a hiker to call police, Mm -hmm. um, but police quickly found uh, inconsistencies in her story. Uh, First of all, there were between 11 and 13 stab wounds. I was just going to say, didn't you say it was like 12? I did, exactly. <laughs> I think I said 13, because, but because it... Friday um, the 13th. Yeah. There were 13. But yeah, and they were in his head and torso. So she said she stabbed him in the chest three times, but it was actually 13 and the head and the torso. Like that sounds... That's gnarly. Kind of overkillish, which usually isn't self-defense mode like you just want to make sure they're down so maybe like yeah maybe between one and three yeah and then you get out of there five max yeah 11 to 13 is too much absolutely and they don't believe her story of attempted rape which like I get it and there are reasons in this story but like let's not act like it's a shock that a bunch of men don't believe this woman's story especially if she was like weird and witchy like that's Dude, not surprising to me at all. I have a sidebar. This was in 2010? Yeah. Okay. So, you know when, like, all the, like, Trayvon Martin and all the, like, shootings and all of this? So, a bunch of, obviously, like, a lot of um, police uh, forces were overtaken by the FBI and the Justice Department to, like, look into about corruption. And a lot of them were, like, Baltimore and, like, big cities and, like, Chicago and New York and all of this. And, obviously, LAPD and has that... Little fucking Albuquerque was one of the ones. Like, oh my god, that's how corrupt we are. And it's really funny that this takes not funny, ironic, coincidental that this takes place in the foothills because a huge reason why we were looked into is there's this case. I think his name's James Boyd, and it's um, a homeless man that was like living in the foothills. We have a lot of homeless people, and like living in the foothills is actually like probably a very not like you're you're not in anyone's way. It's just fucking yeah. open land. So like the best least like intrusive place for a homeless person to live and these cops like came up and he was schizophrenic and he had knives and he was like like out there like brandishing them or whatever but the cops were back and he wasn't like holding them hostage anyways 
he turned around to like put down his knives because they were talking him down and he got shot in the back like 20 times <gasps> and it, that like sparked it all because it was clearly and there's video of it and it's so obvious that it's not it's like they're just straight up killing this person yeah. it's absolutely not like self-defense they're so far away from it they haven't even sent like the dog up yet ridiculous so not surprised that APD doesn't believe that she was raped yeah yeah um but like I said this is one of the instances well I mean we don't know but like there you'll see there are more things that are sketchy about it oh yeah so a witness apparently saw Sanford hiding behind some boulders and they said they made eye contact and then that's when she like suddenly came out behind from behind the boulders and was like uh, oh, I've just been raped or whatever. So it's like once they they caught her, sight of her, that's when she did. And a okay. runner um, let her call the police on her phone. And she said she noticed that the woman's clothes were folded nicely in a pile, which I can see how that's suspicious when you actually think about it. But also like this woman comes out of nowhere from like you're on these foothills yeah. and she comes out of nowhere. She's not dressed and she says, I've been raped. And your instinct is to look at a pile of clothes <laughs> and see if they're too neatly folded. Like, I don't know who this was, but like, okay, Barbara, like maybe <laughs> fucking take a chill pill with your assumptions. And- no. And also like, if we're believing her story of, like, oh, I wanted to play along, like, yeah, she takes off her clothes because it's part of the ritual and, like, folds them up. It's not like she had them ripped off. She's like, oh, I want to play along. Yeah, Take she never clothes, said. put them down here. Yeah. I mean, props to her on folding her clothes. I've never <laughs> done that, but. <laughs> but some inconsistencies. I'm, like, on the fence. Yeah. Not going either way. The police report also says that no witnesses saw Sanford running away from the scene. Nobody heard her calling from help for help. Um, they searched her like computer and everything, and uh, they found on her MySpace page. Yes. Yeah, throwback. She <laughs> also it's 2010, and yeah. that shows you when I talk about how I don't know anything. That shows you. I didn't get a MySpace until 2009. Or I didn't get Facebook, rather, until 2009. Oh, yeah. So having a MySpace in 2010 in Albuquerque and that being, like, a popular thing, completely real, justified. <laughs> Everyone else got rid of it in, like, what, 2007? No, no, no. We start it in <laughs> 2007. So. Well, they looked on her MySpace page and she talked a lot about her Wiccan beliefs, which, mm-hmm. again, I don't think she actually researched any of what Wicca is. I think it was just, like, oh, Wicca is witches, so I'm going to – you know, make Wiccan quotes and act like I'm very spiritual, but really, like, I just like witches, which is like, look, there's nothing wrong with liking witches, but if you don't research the group, don't, like, bring them down with your your made-up notions of what they are. (laughs) Anyway, so she did that. Um, They also found, so the previous April, they, one of, something she'd written on her MySpace was, it's commonly believed that serial killers cannot stop because their compulsion is so strong that they're literally addicted to murder. Yes. So I would say <laughs> you're really, right. Really bizarre post because there's no context. It was just was like a status. At the same time, you would easily find shit like that on my Twitter would... and and my Google search is probably so bad. Oh my god. Because we have a fucking true crime podcast. So like that to me it like I get why they're using it and being like this is scary but also like 
like that's always a thing and like you watch you know movies or like old tv shows or whatever and they're like they're looking for a killer and they're like they like horror movies yeah and you're like yeah a lot of people do that's why the industry exists <laughs> like i was gonna say i think the biggest proof that if i ever like whatever was suspected of anything i could be like they'd be like look at your search history and i'd be like yeah but i never have been on the dark web that's oh, like same. my one thing i can be like well i never did that so i never actually really no found it the terrifies me no i'm so scared i would never I, wa- I told you, I watched that horror movie. It was, like, unfriended dark yes. web. And I thought it was just, like, trying to play cute on the title, on the fact that it was, like, unfriended. Yeah. And they're, like, spirits, so, like, dark web. No, it was literally the dark web. And, like, rich people were hiring or were paying to, like, buy women who were, like, kidnapped from their homes and sold so they could do, oh, yeah. like, horrible. Like, no, I want no part in that. No, I'm not curious. I'm, No. Fucking House of Cards. Yeah. I'm not trying to have Kevin Spacey, Spacey push me in front of a fucking train and or kill my pet hamster. That was like the most shocking scene. Oh I God. sat there with my mouth open just watching the credits roll. It was amazing. That show, I never finished it. I didn't either. Oh, I think it was also tainted once Kevin Spacey. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would really appreciate it if people would just stop fucking raping and molesting and if you can't do it just for the goodness of like the like being a human and not wanting to inflict that pain on someone else then do it because I don't want to have to keep having things I loved ruined because it turns out the artist is a fucking rapist I like Kevin Spacey used to be one of my favorite he was my favorite yeah aside from Tom Hanks I was gonna say aside from Dustin Hoffman who I think also had problems I, you know, one that really hurts me is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I love him so much. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. But he, well, did he have problems with it too? Was he a rapist? No, he just a drug addict and died, right? Oh, yeah. I completely forgot what you were oh, talking about. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. He, yeah, he wasn't. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, <laughs> I, I just like, we were saying all these people passed yeah. away and I just yeah, yeah. thought of him and I got excited because he's Oh, great. no. The but, first um, time No, I- no, no. There was nothing bad about him. He just had a drug problem. Uh, he's Kelly's favorite actor and also the first time I ever got sober. Now, I would just like to point out, I'm not trying to go, I know I said about being sober. This is when I was like in a very dark place and would use drugs to like self-medicate. Obviously, I'm not there now and can happily drink and smoke and be fine unless I take a really big hit at Six Flags and then have, <laughs> you know, a meltdown. But other than that, it can be fine. But um, the first time I ever got sober uh, was because it was the day – um, like committed to sobriety. I'd gone sober for a couple of times, but it was when Sil- Philip Seymour Hoffman died. And it was crazy because I went, this is completely sidebar, but I just want to point this out. Also, it has to do with my, like, like my ghost sense and knowing things. I can predict certain things, mostly people's deaths. Um, I predict, oh, anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. Okay. But I was going back to New York and Kelly and Rhett and Elise were driving me to the airport and I had a really bad feeling. And I was like, hey, guys, something bad is going to happen this weekend. Can you all, like, really just be, like, you know, looking out, stuff like that. I'm not the type of person that normally says shit like that at all. I'm also, like, not the type of person that really cares. Like, I'm not, like, check in with my friends and see how they're doing. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry you texted me a month ago. Let me reply <laughs> now. Like, I'm unfortunately not that great about checking in with my friends. But I was like, everyone, be on the lookout. I was gone for three days. Philip Seymour Hoffman died on that Saturday. And then my cousin's friend, well, all of our friends, Christina, her boyfriend, Max, overdosed and died on heroin, died from heroin on that Sunday. 
And I was like, and one, I was like, obviously I have some sort of ability. And two, now I'm going to be fucking somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, fucking best actor. And I know this is completely off topic because he's not even an actor, but I was doing something the other day and I like something at work and like maybe looking at a certain list or something and Anthony Bourdain came up. Mm. That still makes me so sad because like he was one of those people like if you know when people play those games and like if you could have a dinner party like, yeah, yeah. would you invite alive or dead and I'm like Anthony Bourdain which I guess you can still say dead but yeah. like he was one of those celebrities that I'm just like I would just love to meet him once. Oh I yeah. I mean more than once if possible but I'd love to just like have a beer with him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such a like ugh. And it, like, oh, well, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's we can't, get back. We can't, okay. Pagans. All right. <laughs> Serial yes. killers being addicted. My, yes. Stay off the dark web. Yeah, see. Okay, okay. Um. Oh, right. This is the best part. So the most egregious clue they found, which then made her story seem not quite true, mm-hmm. they looked in her phone and she had saved Leva's number under the name or under the word sacrifice. Oh my god, I was gonna say victim. What sacrifice? Yeah, she literally had him in her phone as sacrifice. <laughs> so like, how are you gonna act like anything uh, else happened? Yeah, that's um. I want to know her explanation. <laughs> and um, there isn't one. Oh, good. Yeah, and apparently they said like she picked well. She picked a spot that would was impossible to be seen from the outside, mm-hmm. and the murder was very ritualistic. Um, apparently she was smirking during her trial because she is evil. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a, uh, and it was really complicated because there was no mandatory sentence for second degree murder. So she could have hmm. received anything between probation to 15 years. Wow. Um, which was her, his son, uh, like came out and was like, saying how awful that was and like she should be in jail forever um the wiccan community came out and they were like that's not our religion like we don't murder people that's literally she she's never read anything about us she's not one of us she didn't pay her dues well and i think the best part i think this is the best piece of information explains that she doesn't know what the hell she's doing is one of the things they said is the murder took place on the spring equinox which is not at all may day and even a novice oh, Wiccan yeah. would know that. The spring equinox is March. Exactly. So it's like it was it was months apart. And it's like if they knew what they were doing enough to the point that they're going to fucking kill someone as a sacrifice, which, again, is not part of the religion. But if you're that yeah. committed and sure of yourself, you'd fucking know what day you're doing it on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think it probably was just a violent person using Wicca as, a, you know, an excuse right. for just wanting to hurt people. Right. Um, in March of 2010, she was facing a single count of murder and was held on $500,000 bond. And the case was pending for over a year. She even asked for a couple of months, um, like, I don't know, a couple of months off because she was a little overwhelmed by the media <laughs> presence at the trial for, you know, the man she stabbed 13 times. I was going to say, those, like, five people that work at the Albuquerque Journal coming out, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough to deal with. 
but the judge was like, yeah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, proceeded with the trial. She did a no contest plea to second degree murder. <laughs> and in December 2011, she ended up receiving the maximum sentence. There was an ad, there was an add on of five years. I forget why. And then I couldn't find the link I found it on. Okay. But the, she ended up getting 20 years in prison. Wow. Which is not, obviously it's not life. You know, right. She killed this father. But she's been in prison for 20 years. So. Sure prison for 20 years she'll probably serve 10 yeah and she'll be out in a couple years sorry that took a dark yeah okay all right now like i said this was, this one's gonna be depth. mini but it actually is probably gonna be long here is my second story as promised so this one i think is very interesting okay ready here we go. On December 27th, so yes, just a couple days after Christmas, mm. 1995. Mm. I was five years old. 1990. Oh, 95. Yeah, you yeah, were five. Yeah, I was born in 90, so I, like, as if I'd forget my age. <laughs> but, like, every, you know, if it was 1997, oh, right, I was seven. Yeah, you're so lucky because I'm and 91 and it still continues. It's just me. off. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then when you hit the 2000s, like, I was 10 in 2000, so. And then it starts all over. Yeah. You're like, okay, 10 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It's great. Anyway, I'm 29, you guys. (laughs) Shout out to the 1990 kids. (laughs) Okay. Elise, if you ever listen to this, it's my cousin. (laughs) Hey, Elise. What's up? Um, Okay. So it was 95. Scott Dell sat at his desk by his telephone and wrote. Now these are actual things that he wrote that day. Okay. I feel... Go ahead. Okay. I feel like holding you close to me like never before. I feel like making love to you. I feel like all the bad stuff would go away. What do you think was going to happen if I drank a bottle of wine listening to music we used to listen to? I'm going to think about you and me together. I can't help it. I don't want to want you. I don't want to be rejected. If we don't get back together, maybe we shouldn't see each other very much. Our lives are going by very fast. End quote. <laughs> Can I just say? What? That, so I'm going through this friend breakup with a person I'm actually romantically in love with. And so I've told Kayla I sat down to write a letter so I could get all my thoughts out. Like, whatever those words are, hit a little too close to my letter. Oh, no! I got drunk. I'm sorry I called you ten times, but I really miss you because I was drunk. Maybe we shouldn't be friends. What did you think was going to happen? Oh, my God. I, I hope it's oh, – Well, everything. congratulations. You're, you, you relate to Scott Dell. And he was a victim of a crime, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. I mean, that was a little bit of a spoiler, but it's okay. Okay. At his desk was a half-empty bottle of – read that. Piedor. The wine – from the 1.5 liter bottle had an odd yellow green color as he sat there writing and drinking wine he listened to music and talked to his estranged wife for nine hours and i literally wrote in my notes aka jamie's literal nightmare (laughs) that is way too many minutes over 15 minutes yes (laughs) on Um, the phone yep on the phone when their conversation ended scott's speech had become slurred he started throwing up, and before going upstairs to bed, he told – oh, I just 
I just realized I never said the name of the estranged wife. Oh. Her name is Cheryl. Okay. But it's spelled with two R's and two L's. So it's like Cheryl. <laughs> I just needed that. I just needed everyone a, to know that spelling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my computer does not like it. It's very red. It's very extra. Okay. So he told Cheryl that he had seen a vision. No, I'm of- sorry. You have to pronounce it Cheryl. So he told Sherelle that he had seen a vision of her as an angel. She replied, my angel spirit will take you to heaven. Before Scott even made it into bed, his heart and lungs stopped functioning. His breathing sped up and he fell onto the floor and into a coma. And then he died. Oh, shit. Yep. I was just being sarcastic. Nope. I thought he was going to be the murderer. Nope. Oh. Shit. Yep. Okay. See, the wine had been a gift from Sherelle. I'm going to call her that the rest of the time. Thank you. And it had a secret special ingredient. What do you think that ingredient was? Thionine. Good guess. Um, Iodine. No, wait. Give me it. Hold on. The one that smells like almonds? Isn't oh. that's iodine? No, that's arsenic. Arsenic. No, it's neither of those things. I thought it was both, but. um, He has a peanut allergy and it's crushed up peanuts. No, it was antifreeze. Dude, fuck that. This story, I'm telling you, it's bananas. Okay, so I'm going to tell you now, since I forgot to in the beginning, about Sherelle. Okay. (laughs) She had flowing dark red hair, (laughs) high cheekbones, and as this article that I'm sure was written by a man said, milky skin. I'm Okay, first off, flowing red hair, ginger, bye. Um, Sorry for all our ginger listeners out there. Also, high cheekbones. Have you ever heard anyone being described as having low cheekbones? No. Like, what does high cheekbones mean? Like, show me high cheekbones and then show me someone that has low cheekbones so I know the difference. And I totally bring up that I have high cheekbones all the time because I'm... Or do they say, like, you've, like, like those cheekbones could kill? Like, isn't it, like, sharp or something? There's, like, some model thing they say. I have no idea. Because as people say it when you get short a short haircut... You know, like the people who can pull off pixies and not look like monsters or like Cabbage Patch dolls? Or men. (laughs) (laughs) The worst of all. The worst of all. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, I noted, oh, she wore a fur coat and high heels when she was just running errands. So this is who (sighs) Sherelle is. Sorry, that was rude. Honestly, it's a lot like Anna Kendrick's character in A Simple Favor. And, like, I love that. I Like, I love Anna Kendrick and I liked that movie. But, like, this woman is a single mother and she's, like, has a vlog and she's doing everything. And you see her running errands and she's in these, like, fucking giant wedges. And I'm like, bitch, you are trying too much. No. Like, why do you need – I mean, like, look, if that's how you feel great, I'm glad. But if you're doing it because you think it, like, puts out this image that you're together – you can do that without making yourself be in pain all the time. Like, if you're wanting you the can, grocery store, why do you need to be in heels? Also, you can do that without a fur coat. And I, this is so hypocritical because I eat meat and I have leather products and all of this. But the second anyone has a fur coat and they're not, like, over the age of 70 and it's been passed down to their family, I'm like, you're a fucking murderer devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she is. Okay. Um, 
Good. <laughs> but I actually, I also said, I feel like she kind of sounds like Lilith as portrayed in that oh. Hulu movie. So we just watched this Hulu movie called Pure. Okay, well, first of all, so there's this series on Hulu. It's called Into the Dark. And every month they release a new horror movie. And it's like Bloomhouse produced and everything. And each movie corresponds to a holiday of that month. So there's like, uh, obviously a Halloween related one. There's a Christmas one. There's a Father's Day one. Like, it's so good. And like, not every movie is a win. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really good. And I'm, every month I'm like, oh, what's the one this month? There's one. I think my favorite one might be there's one for it's like New Year, New Me or something. It's mm. the January uh, episode. And it's so fucking good because it's like a bunch of friends who, who they're like adults, but they were friends when they were kids. Mm-hmm. They get together in this house for um, like for the weekend to celebrate the new year. Mm-hmm. And one of them had become like Insta famous and the rest of them are like in their small town or like mm-hmm. whatever. And so it's kind of like some of them are like starstruck. The others are like, fuck you, you yeah. don't deserve this. It is fucking insane, and it is also so accurate. <laughs> like, Love it. There's this one scene where the, like, really, you know, influencer girl makes everybody go around the table and say what, like, what what are you thankful for this year, and, like, what are you looking forward to? There's whatever. Something about the new year. Mm-hmm. And they get to this one girl, and she's like, well, my mom's sick. I, despite going on a million awful dates, I'm still single. I don't have a boyfriend. I still work at like, or I don't have a job. And she's just like, but I didn't fucking kill myself. So cheers to that. And I literally videotaped it. Cause like, same. think about where I was in January. Oh my God. So I like, I literally have the video of this on my phone. Cause like, yes, it's dark. But if you know us, like, if you know me, like, Are you kidding? it is fuck. I will show it to you after this. It's fucking hilarious. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so I love them. But so this episode was That's, called, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I'm just like, that is such a hard saying. And <laughs> for any people out there depressed, because I feel like I've been depressed since I was 10 years old. That's like actually the last time I remember being happy. Every year I make it that I don't kill myself is a fucking win. So yeah, I get that girl. Yep. And, and also, like, it's still a shit. Life's still shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're in L.A. with me. I am in L.A. And I am with Kayla. <laughs> that's all we need is each other. We all we need is each other. Lane. And Skylar that's down to <laughs> hang out at one in the morning as long Aww. as I buy him a beer. Oh, that's so sad. Okay. But, oh, right, right. So the one we watched was called Pure. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, it was good hate watching because, so basically it's these girls, and they're, like, late teens. Yeah, Like, they're not children. Um, Yeah, like 16 probably. They go to this uh, camp, and apparently they do it every fucking year. Because so what happened is this girl, her, her mom died. And then it turned out, she finally found out who her father was. And of course, it was like this scumbag guy who his wife had just had a baby. And so he didn't want to mess with her. She like was dealing with shit. So he just went off and fucked someone else and then abandoned her. He looks like a weasel. He, Oh, yeah. He's the grossest guy. And both of his daughters are fucking stunning. I'm like, I don't think so. No way. Gross. You must be so rich. Yeah. Anyway, so like she just joined the family and like 
she of course she's gonna go like her mom wasn't religious but like of course she's gonna go to this weird weekend because she's like i finally have a dad and now he's all i have so she's like going but it's this it's i forget there's like a name for it but it's basically a purity weekend and like they get a they get purity rings and it was so gross because when he the dad gives it to her he literally like she's like oh i can take it and he literally insisted on putting it on her finger himself and they like pick out the dresses they wear and he's like telling her like wear your hair up I like your hair up and it's like I don't need you to like it you're my dad I was gonna say we've talked about this when we were watching it about my fucking retreat to Colorado Springs and I forgot to look it up but there's so there's a huge like the center of America evangelical Christianism Christianity is based out of Colorado Springs and there's like a guy that ran it and I think he ended up being like a pedophile or he ended up laundering money or some like ridiculous thing but anyways Colorado Springs is so funny because Colorado is extremely liberal like everywhere you go is liberal except for Colorado Springs it's like this just little sanctuary and it's like half the people there are like super athletes because it's where they held the Olympics or whatever one year. So they have a bunch of Olympic training facilities there and it's like high altitude. And then the other half are like Republican, like evangelical Christians. Somehow I have family members that are evangelical Christian. Um, but both my parents are not, both my parents are Christian and they both go to church, but they have always been like, whatever you want to do. Like my dad took me to Buddhist temple when I was like 10 because I was like, I want to be Buddhist. And he was like, cool, let's go explore that. Like my parents are amazing, which kind of makes me question why they let me go on this. I guess (laughs) it was like, I think I wanted to go because my cousins were going and then whatever. But anyways, so we go on this retreat and okay. So first off, I'm like 13. I think it was right before I went to high school or right before I went to the eighth grade. Um, So, you know, we're staying at a hotel. It's like, four or five days or whatever. Um, first off, I'm like, oh, cool, hotel. We never stay at a hotel. I gotta go swimming, right? No. Well, yes, but I had to buy a one-piece. I couldn't wear a bikini to go swimming in the hotel that wasn't even where everyone was staying. I just couldn't have a bikini. So I had to literally go out and buy a one-piece, which was very upsetting for me. Um, and then we go to this thing, and it's like, you know, you wake up at 7, and you pray, and then you go to, like, a thing in the – 10 or whatever and then it's all just praying like there's very there's a couple like oh we're going on a hike and then it's like okay you get to the top of the mountain and you pray like (laughs) so much of that and I had um and this shows you like the brainwashing experience so I don't know if you know I don't know if you've ever been around evangelical Christians but like a lot of their um sermons and like ceremonies or whatever are like music based and so they'll like do this thing where they're like listening to the music and they like put their hand up and they like rock out like this and they like feel like they're feeling God. It honestly looks like they're having sex with the air sometimes. Ew. And it's like, I'm embracing God. It's so weird. And then they had this like whole thing where it was like, if you need to be found or whatever, like come down and like lay in this cross and we'll like bless you or whatever. It was insane. There's so many people there. There was like 10,000 people there. Fucking insane. And then this is, and so I I had a dream and apparently I like, um, so I I don't sleep talk, but I sleep sing, (laughs) which is really funny because I'm not a singer and I don't really do it in public at all. Um, But I I like sleep saying this whole story about I had a dream that one of the guys that was like 
working the lights there was like about to kill himself and which is a very traumatic dream when you have it 13 or 14 and um I had to like save him and the only way I saved him was like by accepting Jesus Christ and I like woke up and I was like wait what the fuck like they've they've infiltrated my mind inception insane and fucking insane but then our last day there they were talking about like what we needed to do so it's like you know you get brainwashed for four days and then like your final day it's like okay how can we do this and especially because we're young so it's not like we can really give money which is what they would ask the adults to do but and I'm so glad that they started this by being like so you're gonna go camping and I was like boom lost me (laughs) four days of brainwashing you say we're gonna go camping done not going to be there. So I was able to look at this with an open mind. And it was so crazy because they were like, go camping with other people. You're going to go camping for a week. And you're not going to talk to the other people. You're going to listen to the Bible on your headphones in the morning. You're going to eat lunch. You're going to take time to pray. But you're not you're not allowed to speak to anyone you're camping with until the last day and you're supposed to listen to the bible on repeat with your fucking headphones and i don't know it's probably cassette players back then and you have to do that and like you have to also like and it's like oh you're not gonna have a problem with not speaking because as you connect with god he connects you with the other people so it was like oh you're gonna learn like that this person's getting the firewood or whatever it was like this whole thing and it was like you can't it wasn't even like it sounds like a cult it was straight up a cult. And then on the very last day, oh, and you're not allowed to eat your last two days you fast. So you're there for five days listening to the fucking Bible, not speaking to anyone. And then your last two days you fast. And then your very last day you hike to the top of a mountain where you haven't spoken to anyone. You're fucking delirious because you're hungry. You just like went on yeah, an exercise. Yeah, don't do physical activity if you're not eating. Oh my God. And then you get up to the top and you're allowed to talk for three hours in this like cave or whatever. It was like a very specific place you had to go camping. It was like, yeah, you're allowed to talk, but you can only talk about Jesus. And then you like talk about whatever like you learned during the week. So we get out of there. And like, because they lost me with camping, I was like, whoa, like fucking curtain reveal. Like I, <laughs> Glass this is insane. Shattered. So we get out of there and like my two cousins, who they were raised religiously, but you know, are also intelligent and have a mind of their own. They were like, oh, can you believe that? And I was like, yes, can you believe that? And then, like, I thought we were going to talk about They're like, so when should we sign up? And I was like, I called my mom, and I was like, please come and take me. And she like, never again. Well, I'm glad you didn't get sucked into a cult. I don't believe in God. <laughs> thank God I don't believe in God. There you go. And thank God I hate camping. Same, which is funny because I was a Girl Scout in my youth. Yeah, and we like we would camp all the time, and like it was great, and I loved it. But like the idea of doing that now, like someone's like, "Hey, let's leave our apartments, not go to a hotel where we can order snacks and watch movies that aren't on DVD yet. No, let's leave our apartments to go lay on the ground with the construction you build yourself, like." I can camp for a week. Have you seen my old dresser? Like, I can't put stuff together. I can camp for one day. I can do one night. I can take a shower in the morning, go camp. I do like the fire, like, around the fire pit, roasting marshmallows. Yeah, but you know what? You can just go sit at a fire pit and roast marshmallows. This is true. I I do like the stars. I like being able to see the stars, light pollution. You know what we can do? We can just fucking rent a cute Airbnb in Joshua Tree. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And go see the stars. 
and roast marshmallows and then sleep in a bed. Well, and I will sleep on the ground for one night. And then we get up in the morning. I'm not doing the morning hike. We can do the morning hike. Like, we can do the hike the day before. We roast marshmallows. We wake up. We have breakfast. And then we leave. We're not doing a second hike. We're sleeping on the ground one night. I'm bringing my pets. We're allowed to talk. Like, <laughs> and that's it. That's where I cut off. Literally, I, I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw it. But there was, like, a picture of this woman. I guess she, like, is in the 1970s. And she was camping. And she heard all these no- noises. So, like, she didn't have a flashlight because apparently they don't have those in the 1970s as we learned during the conjuring or whatever I don't know but so the only light she had was like on her camera so she like sticks her camera out and like takes a picture to see and it's a bunch of raccoons yeah and I was like great if that happened I would be there otherwise she loves raccoons raccoons are the cutest things in the world there's actually a video which I'm eventually gonna try to make a little iMovie (laughs) thing of it but we took some footage at universal which will be coming to you probably before this even airs and um amazing there was one scene that i had to like take another shot of the (laughs) raccoon because there was like a painted raccoon and she liked it so much i love raccoons they're so fucking cute all right anyway that movie was it ended very well so like, wow. just know if you're watching it and you're like us, so you like, you know, believe in rights and fair treatment and shit, um, the movie will make you very angry, but just know there's, it'll pay off in the end. It's a very good I really, ending. yeah. So that was a free ad for Into the Dark on Hulu. I fucking love it. No, I really enjoyed that movie. I'm going to make you watch the New Year's one. It's my favorite holiday, so it better be Oh, good. fuck. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. it's the best one. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Back to Sherelle. Oh, yeah. Fuck. So <laughs> What's she, going on with those kids? Well, she had a slew of lesbian lovers. <gasps> lethal lesbian lovers? I think she's the only lethal one. Oh. Damn it. Um, so her infidelity was very well known because they lived in this small village in Ottawa Valley in Canada. Okay. And it was – it. this is how it's spelled. I didn't research this, that how to say any of these because I was garbage this week. But Killalo? Yeah. Um, but there's only 700 people. So, like, if you're cheating on your husband, especially with women, because I'm guessing in the 90s, in this yeah. tiny town, that's probably, in like, Ottawa. scandalous. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't really know that much about Canada, aside from Degrassi, but, um. That's a terrible place. I fucking hate Canadian. <laughs> people usually love them. Oh, no, and I hate them, and actually I'm going to, like, except for Vancouver True Crime, who re, like, tweeted us or something. Oh, yeah. You guys are they okay. They were so nice. They were awesome. Okay. Everyone else. Fucking hate Canadians. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I don't, just so you know. This isn't like a podcast of hate against Canada. No, no. Like I said, I love Degrassi. It's one of my favorite shows ever. A lot of great things come from Canada. Looking at you, Ryan Reynolds. Right? Oh, Steve Nash is Canadian. Well, he was born in South Africa, but he's Canadian. Mm. Justin Rock. Bieber. Yeah, that's a, that's a selling okay, point. Okay, but that's good. We need to move on. Yes. Okay. Um, she was also known for spreading rumors that her husband was, like, feeding her and her children um, and any other, you know, of the young people who ended up in their care. Like, she just was always telling people, like, how awful he was. Okay. But she only became really infamous after her lover died in a fire not long after Scott's death. So it's the second person close to her that died. Wow. Okay. Um, so in August 1997, she was awaiting a first-degree murder trial for the death of Nancy Fillmore because mm. okay, they think she ordered the arson. And there was no direct evidence that Sherelle had put the poison in the wine bottle, 
but it was well documented that she hated her husband. Mm -hmm. There were many public displays of anger, and she even made a voodoo doll of him. Then, after his death, she spent a lot of time telling friends and relatives that he probably completed suicide rather than face the return of his cancer, which she claimed had come out of remission. So this guy was in remission. But she claimed no one else knew that his cancer had come back, which, like, you think he'd tell his family. Yeah. But she was like, oh, no, his cancer came back, and so he wanted to kill himself. Also, can't that be, like, easily detected on autopsy? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're on the right track. Uh, the defense argued that that's exactly what happened, that um, the wine was obviously tainted, so mm-hmm. there's no way that someone would have just kept drinking it if yeah. they didn't want to kill themselves. Um, but the judge was like... Nope, a lot of sensible judges here. (laughs) The witnesses who testified at the trial said that Scott was very life-affirming, and especially after having beaten cancer, like, he just wanted to be alive for his kids. Like, he he would never have hurt himself because... He, all he cared about in life was being there for his kids. Yeah. The judge thinks that Sherelle convinced him to drink the wine and kill himself because everyone knew the power she had over him. Okay. And even after their separation, he was still just completely enamored of Apparently, her. Apparently. I mean, like, the fact that you're talking to your ex-wife for nine fucking yeah. hours on the phone and she's having a bunch of affairs. I mean, what is happening? Or yeah. your exchange wife. And they're not yeah. Yeah. Uh, he talked about her to everyone. He would do anything for her. And he knew even that she was making him look stupid, but he just would do it anyway. What, because of her flowing ginger hair and her milky skin? <laughs> All right. His best friend, Elsa Steenberg, testified at the trial saying when Sherelle would say things to him that would hurt him or when she tried to manipulate him into doing things for her, he knew what she was doing. He would say, she can't help it. That's just the way she is. I mean, she'd been his whole life. They met as teenagers. He was 18 and she was 15. Mm. Yeah. Um, This was in Wilberforce, Ontario. Yeah. Mm. Scott spent most of his time in Connecticut. Like his family had a place in Connecticut and a place in Canada. But then um, once the Vietnam War was happening and the draft was happening, he was like, okay, Um, peace out. Went to stay in the place in Canada. Absolutely. Uh, so he met her at a party. He lit her cigarette. <gasps> you know all about my um, <laughs> fucking power moves about lighting cigarettes. So, yeah. So <laughs> that was their meet cute. Mm. And in that moment, Scott had said he knew that he had been put on this earth to take care of her. Yeah. To take care of her? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a, a huge hopeless romantic, but like. To put on this earth to take care of her? Like, I feel like that's a really, like, no, you're put on this earth to love each other. Yeah. Not to take care of someone. Well, it's just, like, it's really playing down, like, his whole life and Yeah, purpose. exactly. Don't make your life business to be taking care of someone. If anyone, maybe your kids, but I think you can still have your yeah. own life outside of. Like, you want to be, I feel like in that situation, it should be, like, you want to be the best person you can be for your kids. Yeah, Like, exactly. you have a purpose aside from someone else. You take care of someone in that you hope to grow and, like, love and change the world together, not Mm -hmm. in a, like, oh, this is my pity thing and I'm going to spend my life making sure it's okay and not doing anything with my own. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Which is the thing, like, he wasn't like that. Like, he fully had a whole life and career and we'll talk more about him too. But it's just crazy because that's how, like, she just really had this, like, magical hold on him. And so they were both described as free spirits. Scott dropped out of school senior year. 
Oh. Or as the Canadians would say, grade 12. Ugh. His mother described him at the time as a long-haired Nixon hater, ah! which I love. <laughs> yes, Scott was very wise. Nixon is literally the worst president we've ever had. He's a nightmare. Cheryl's life was a bit more difficult, to be fair. Um, she told a psychiatrist that she was molested by her grandfather when she was only four. Oh. She got shuffled around she lived with her grandparents from seven to nine at 12 she got spinal meningitis and spent 10 months in the hospital that same year the same fucking year she gets into a car accident that fucks up her neck and back dude meningitis is no fucking joke Uh, that's one of the no no it's it's that's a rough fucking childhood oh my god you can die from that so easily well so then it's not shocking then when at 13 she got into drugs like i'm sorry i don't blame you you have a rough fucking life by 13 that's when i got into drugs and i didn't even have that kind of rough life (laughs) so the family would move around because they were trying to keep her away from the quote unquote bad kids even Mm. though i think it I think it was more, yeah, I think it was more like her whole life instead of like a couple kids, you know, talking her into it. Let's keep her away from the grandfather instead of these people. Yeah, that's a better idea. Uh, They moved to Wilberforce and Sherelle dropped out of school junior year. Okay. In 1970, she was admitted to Peterborough Civic Hospital because she had been tripping on speed and acid for three days. Mm-hmm. And then this is uh, a bit rough. The doctor in his notes described her as an immature, manipulative, and histrionic young lady who is experiencing experiencing severe emotional problems. <laughs> it's like really intense. That's what I feel about that. Fuck you. You're histrionic. histrionic. Dude, you're a... F- <laughs> yeah this fucking child or i guess she's 18 or whatever how old is she i don't know still under 20 yeah she's manipulative and a psycho and it's all her fault like fuck off dude. i know it's just that a lot of people will describe her that way but i just feel like like she was admitted because she was tripping and like this is what they got i was like all right yeah that's a little like i mean she can be a complete bitch and crazy person later on but like at that age and that's why you're admit like you're admitted because you're on drugs and then that's the conclusion yeah. you draw. And also, like, it's not even a medical conclusion. No. It's not like, oh, they have bipolar or borderline or whatever. No, it's, it's like, just an opinion. No, no, no. You're just manipulative bitch. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, what? No. Well, even though that was her diagnosis, um, that same year she began dating Scott in the fall. Okay. You'll love this. They married on New Year's Eve <sighs> in 1971. Scott was 20 and Sherelle was 17. So, yeah, she was 16 when they gave her that shit. Whatever. Stupid doctor. Um, The following month, Sherelle was admitted to the hospital for taking 75 aspirin. She was completely indifferent about the whole situation (laughs) and even joked about overdosing. Okay. Yep. She left Scott in the spring of 1975 and was gone working as a stripper in Toronto until 1976. Wow. When she came back, she was pregnant. Wow. But Scott took care of the little girl as if she were his own. Wow. Yeah. During the trial, the daughter that Scott took in Mm -hmm. uh, testified against her mother. Wow. Saying that she was afraid she'd come after her next. So that's a little 
idea of who we're working with. Yeah. Um, so the two of them adopted another baby in 1987. Okay. And in 1989, they moved to a log farmhouse in Killaloe where they operated a group home for special needs children. Wow. Yeah. And that November, Sherelle gave birth to the only child that was biologically fathered by Scott. Okay. Um, but they had three children. He, uh, yeah, he was born at home with a midwife. So still kind of, still a little hippie-ish, you yeah. know? No. I need, I need the drugs to be injected into my spine. <laughs> I might not need them. I need to know that that's an option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not pushing some child out into my bathtub and then taking baths after that. <laughs> Uh, in December of 1991, the pair celebrated 20 years of marriage. Wow. One year and a couple months later, Sherelle joined an incest survivors group where she met Gay Doherty, a former nun who was six years older than her. Wow. And her name is literally Gay. Gay, yeah. I love and it. she became Sherelle's first lesbian lover. Lethal lesbian. <laughs> in July of 1992, Cheryl left her husband and children stranded because she took the family van and drove off to Toronto to hang out with Gay for a week. What? Yeah, she just took the car. You know, because Toronto is a, all of Canada, it's just like a walk friendly, like, let's just trek from one province <laughs> to the next. Right. Um, so when they got back, Cheryl wanted to move Gay into their family home. <laughs> But Scott was like, no, because fucking of course. You're like, oh, yeah, move your lover in here. I love being cuckolded at it. <laughs> cuckolded. I was like, what was that? It was like, it was, you know, when like a CD would skip, it's like my whole body did that. I just like couldn't stop saying syllables. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, he, I just like, they have three kids. Yep. Well, and they have kids. a lot of kids because they do that. Right. They have three kids that are like theirs or what are like adopted in, in legal sense theirs. And then they have a bunch of other kids. And then there's poor fucking Scott over here. Yep. And then they're like, let's just bring this girl in. Another body in this house. And by the way, she can only sleep with me. <laughs> and we're going to have sex every single night. You cool with that, Scott? He wasn't. Understandably. Yep. Uh, so she moved out and moved in with Gay. Okay. Um, then... Because, you know, this is the natural progression. She's so mad at Scott for saying no that she decides she's going to try to take the kids away from him to come live with her and her girlfriend. She starts telling people, you know, that he has assaulted and abused different kids, that uh, all this stuff. Because she wanted custody of the kids and right. she wanted this fucking log house. Um, no one needs so a fucking log house. You can build one yourself. <laughs> what are you, like Lincoln or something? Oh, my God. Exactly. Um, but so these cases obviously are taken seriously. They run a special needs children. Yeah. They run a home for special needs children. Right. And um, everything was completely bullshit, of course, because he never would hurt a kid. But they had to they, – he was forced to close the home because – they had, they're like, to be safe, We, if you're getting charged with a bunch of cases, oh or you're God. getting accused of all these, yeah. So all poor kids who didn't have that safe house anymore. Bitch. Uh, yeah. So July of that year, Scott moved into his family cabin alone, and Sherelle moved into their farmhouse with the kids. So she fucking got the farmhouse anyway. Uh, even though she had seemingly gotten what she wanted, she was still talking about how Scott abused them. 
and abused the children. Like she was saying he like abused his, like had sex with his own kids. And her youngest daughter later said at trial, she was like, the accusations made me feel really bad because I knew they weren't true. Yeah. Like this woman is evil. Jesus. Um, she continued her smear campaign. She said, yeah, she would tell people he had sex with their daughters. Look at, this is the one that I was like, this is so fucking bizarre, even right? She said that he ejaculated on one of their daughters. Ugh. Like, this is fucking awful. No. And and he didn't do anything. He was like, whatever. Like, I know I didn't do it. I'll go through whatever, you know, searches you need to do because I would never do that. He's super. Yeah, he is. And, uh, but then in March of 1993, which is when Krista was born. Oh, hi, Krista. Krista. Welcome to the world. Hey. <laughs> um, so that's when she filed for divorce and she said that he had cheated on her. She said that he had abused their children. And because of that, she wanted $4,900 a month in child support and possession of the home. Okay. <laughs> a bunch of things. They have a child that he is not the biological father of. So cheating off the fucking table because yeah. she's a biological mom He's not the biological father. Boom. Done. Secondly, $4,900, that's $4,900. Yep. $5,000 grand. $5,000 grand. Five, Five grand. grand. <laughs> um, currently working, like, and this is what, 93? Yep. Okay. So I currently work in the divorce field in LA, in Beverly Hills, and they're in a fucking log cabin in Toronto. Like, that's a lot of fucking money. Yep. Like, that's a lot of money. And, like, yeah, I get you have three kids or whatever to support, but that's, like, no. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't get that. So, Scott fi- uh, counter did a counter peti- petition. Filed oh. a counter petition. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so, he was saying 900 a month in child support. And yeah. this farm that must have been so fucking great because they just keep fighting over it. He also asked that Cheryl undergo a psychiatric psychiatric examination, which I think is fair. Yes. So her petition was denied in May of 1993. Okay. She took the children and went to Ottawa. She stayed at the Ottawa Carleton Children's Aid Society. So she went to a home for, like, abused women and children. Okay. Says that he, you know, Scott, abu- again, she just keeps doing this. Oh, he abused us, blah, blah, blah. Right. They do, uh, uh, they do an investigation course he didn't fucking abuse them and scott was finally like i'm fucking over it yeah and gay who was her lover that she wanted to move right, in right. she even admitted that like she had so she had initially like she described it was gross when she was talking about her she said she's a barbie doll she's a bomb like she described her in very like like she just would talk about how hot she was but she was like she started acting weird and performing rituals on a doll hold on i have a quote okay yeah so she says, she went and purchased some kind of waxy material and did this voodoo thing, made it look like Scott, put ropes and ribbons and pins in it, said certain things over it, and then I think she buried it. She testified. I think, I don't know. It was just like a That's something, a this, will, thing. this will come up again and again. Sherelle definitely had some kind of control over people because like a bunch of her girlfriends saw her doing really fucking suspicious stuff and were mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. It's probably nothing. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, So Gay was over it, too. Um, She wanted to break up with Sherelle, so Sherelle overdosed on antidepressants. 
she was hospitalized and then released and then gay stayed with her for a little while after that because at this point like gay sounds like actually a really good person Mm -hmm. um she really bonded with the kids and she was like i really and i she and scott ended up staying kind of friendly which is like she was the one yeah. Like, one of the people messing up his marriage, but, like, she was just such a good person, and he was such a good person. Right, and right, she right. really, really did care about these kids. We get another psychiatric evaluation of Sherelle, and this one says, a rather immature, narcissistic, self-indulgent person. She has an inordinate need for affection and finds it difficult to satisfy this. Other individuals would be expected to ignore their own feelings or needs in favor of her wishes. She would frequently be viewed by others as conceited, spoiled, or disdainful. We're not done. All right. (laughs) Um, It is also said that she was inclined to believe she is above the conventions or ethics of society and acts accordingly without considering the consequences of her actions. Wait. She acts accordingly. Okay. (laughs) Um, Although she is likely to be rather gregarious and outgoing on first impressions, she does not relate very well to other people. So she might be like the life of the party if you meet her, but if you hang out with her, you're going to be like, oh, wow, you're you're horrible. Yeah. She tends to be guarded and harbor chronic feelings of bitterness and resentment. She is highly sensitive to criticism, but like, okay, who isn't? Same. (laughs) Um, And to avoid rejection becomes adept in manipulating people. Sherelle Mm. suffers from some longstanding personality difficulties marked by traits of immaturity. That has to be true because they've said it like 10 times. I was like, is there something else that her personality traits can be attributed to besides immaturity? (laughs) Like, there's got to be a better medical. I've got three more words for you. Great. Uh, grandiosity, manipulativeness, and self-centeredness. So that is Sherelle for you. In 1994, this is when Scott, uh, was diagnosed with tongue and throat cancer. Oh. Yeah. And his biggest worry when he found out what it was, was that he wouldn't be able to read stories to his children. Oh my God. So he made a plan with his best friend to have him record himself reading. Like, this is a good guy. I was just going to say, so what do you do? You record. Oh. Yeah. He's like his, this is why people knew his cancer wasn't bad or that he didn't kill himself because literally all he cared about was his family. Yeah. Yeah. He He wouldn't, he'd fight. His, the whole, he was, so he dealt with treatments and all that stuff for a year. And the whole time he just was like, I just need to, you know, be okay for my kids. Yeah. And like, he just was seemed like a really fucking good guy and poor and Cheryl's fucking punching bag. Um, in January of 1995 though, he was told that he was cancer free, which was really exciting. His best friends that I talked about earlier was so happy for him. It's a fan. It's the possessed fan. Yeah. Go on. Meanwhile, uh, gay and Cheryl separated and Cheryl took on a new lover Nancy Fillmore, that name sounds familiar. She will go on to die. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Um, So this was in 1995. So just when he's going into remission, Mm -hmm. uh, she responds to an ad that Nancy put in, like, the newspaper or something, Mm -hmm. like a singles ad. And the two spoke by telephone and wrote letters. But in June of 1995, she surprised Sherelle with a visit. And Scott was also visiting at the time. So Cheryl was like cold to her and didn't want to be near her and was just like awful. Okay. Um, but apparently that didn't deter her from continuing. Because uh, then she visited her again on Canada Day. And the two slept together. Mm-hmm. And then she visited almost every weekend after that. All right. 
Um, apparently during Scott's treatment, a family friend recalled Sherelle saying, (laughs) I wish his cancer would hurry up and kill him. She really wanted to inherit that fucking house. Must have been an amazing house. Oh my God, that fucking log cabin. (laughs) Jesus. When she found out his cancer was in remission, she was livid. Oh, she apparently said, do you know where I can hire a hitman? I have to get rid of this guy. He has to die. Yeah. In October 1995, Sherelle was talking about buying a new house because she was going to inherit the farmhouse when Scott died. So she was telling people this. Yeah. Like, then he's die. I got this. And I'll yeah, get another. She's like making plans to spend the money for this guy dying. The, this guy who's in remission. Uh, then, suspiciously, her cat died. What? Yeah. Well, the vet said... Turned out the cat was poisoned with antifreeze. And that makes so much sense because here's the thing is like what I think about with antifreeze is that cats when it's winter, they go and they hide under your car or whatever under the hood because they get warm and that's where the antifreeze drips out. So a lot of cats are poisoned with antifreeze. That's natural, not natural, but like a common cause of death. So like literally when you said that earlier, I was like, oh, like how a cat died. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my cat just happened to die this way, which is normal. And then, oh, my husband just happened to die. Like, get out of here. A lot less normal. So family, friends, the knots, like knots farm, (laughs) Um, but it's different people. But so they apparently had a weird conversation with Sherelle about antifreeze. Um, so they, she had told them that like, oh, my neighbors poisoned my cat or whatever. So yeah. they were talking about it. And Mr. Knott said that antifreeze was very sweet. And Sherelle asked how much she would need to kill a human, which is not, I mean, that's very casual, right? What? Totally normal. He fucking answers her. He said, well, not, he doesn't tell her how much, but he says that if you mix it with orange juice or wine and the person was drinking it in the dark, they'd never know. Oh, my Lord. Because of how sweet it is. But, like, why the fuck are you telling someone that? <laughs> right? Like, oh, here's this fun fact I have about murder. Like, especially, especially after- she's unstable. And, like, she's like, oh, my cat died by antifreeze. Like, it's not like, oh, how did they, like, you know, why would my cat drink that? I need answers. It's like, oh, my cat died by antifreeze. And then. How much would it kill a person? Oh, okay. And what should I mix it with to kill that? Like, no, I'm sorry. That's not what logic no, follows. that you should have been weirded out by that. Yeah. Around the same time, Scott finally met someone because he hadn't been letting himself meet anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he met Sue Quast. So I'm going to call her Sue. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he said he felt like he had a second chance at life. But he could not get over Cheryl. He would talk about her a lot. And finally, in November of that year, it just got to be too much. And Sue was like, let's spend some time apart. Mm -hmm. But he, she had initially been supposed to come over for the holidays. And he really wanted her to and spend time with the kids. And she Mm -hmm. was like, okay, fine. Like, oh, I can still do that. Mm -hmm. But Cheryl found out and flipped out. And was like, if she comes, you're not going to see your kids. Um, And, of course, he wanted to celebrate Christmas with his children. So he celebrated with her. Didn't see Sue. And then on December 29th, his body was found. (laughs) After his death, Sherelle claimed that when they were on the phone that night, Scott said he had horrible news from his doctor. And he needed to purge his soul and confess to her all of the tons of affairs he'd had and what? and to sexually abusing his children. 
So uh, that that definitely sounds like him. Also, that just sounds like a thing. A person's like, oh, you have terminal cancer. I found it out this day, and so I'm going to tell all my secrets. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's going to take me, if I had terminal cancer, six months to die. Yeah, it's just not likely. Well, I guess she's saying he did that because he's going to kill himself. Oh, right, right, right. Um, So it was originally said that Scott had died of cancer. No one knows why, but that's what it was. It was like, oh, yeah, he had cancer at one point. He's dead. He died of cancer. A subsequent autopsy, however, found no cancer in his system and instead found antifreeze poisoning. But Sherelle ran with this and would tell anyone who would listen that actually his cancer was back. And he always got really depressed whenever he was sick. He was sick once. But no doctor had ever told Scott that he was sick again because he wasn't. And Sherelle tried to push to have him cremated immediately. Of course. Because she claimed it was super important to him that no one touch his corpse. I'm sure. But his family wanted it done, and so did his cancer specialist, who was like, yeah, he didn't have cancer. So they, luckily, they got to do it. Then later it came out that um, she had been speaking to this guy, Larry McGee, Uh and he was hitting on her, so he was, like, asking her if she was single, if she had a husband, and her response was that her husband had died from drinking antifreeze. (laughs) And then she reportedly confessed to her prison bunkmate, Mm -hmm. Brandy Cameron, that she had put antifreeze in her husband's wine. Yeah. Because they always fucking tell their bunkmates, you're all in jail. Why are you trusting them? Right? <laughs> Just gotta get it out there, you know? During her time in prison, she apparently aligned herself with the head bitch in charge, this woman named Julia Yvonne Elliott. All right. And uh, Brandy also said that in jail, Sherelle was known as an angel, as in angel of death. Oh my God, of course. Um, her ex, Nancy, told police in in March of 1997, she's, she said she bought wine and antifreeze and watched Cheryl put them together. Oh, my God. She said she'd been freaking out, but Cheryl told her to just shut up. <laughs> okay, so you shut up when you're in the presence of this crazy person, but then you fucking tell someone before the other person ends up dead. So she said Sherelle was trying to come up with other ways to kill him, such as shooting him and making it look like a hunting accident, but she wasn't a good enough shot. (laughs) She reportedly even called Ottawa's poison control to see how much antifreeze would be lethal. And they have a record of this call and like she gave a fake name and. Oh my Lord. Girl, you gotta be smarter if you want to kill someone. Yeah. So she reportedly gave the wine to help, scott on his spiritual journey apparently he had visions after drinking wine which like maybe you just drank too much wine right what is that okay uh so she and she'd loaned him all these books on the celestine prophecy which is about important coincidences coincidences in your life so she knew how to manipulate him based on what he believed in right so she says to him this is an important coincidence i had a dream you're supposed to drink wine and have visions and i just happened to have a bottle of wine (laughs) So she gave him the poison wine. She, obviously, we know he drank. Nancy said that when she got home, Sherelle took out her witchcraft books and lit candles and was saying all these weird, I don't know what you call them, rituals or <laughs> prayers or whatever. They don't make sense to me because that's not what I believe in. <laughs> this is her quote. 
Um, she said that Scott began calling and Cheryl stayed on the phone or stayed by the phone all night to talk to him. Nancy said she even heard his final words to Cheryl, which were, you're here with me. I can see your angel spirit. The judge, but the judge was like, I don't really care what you have to say because she just dumped you. You're just mad. So that wasn't really part of the case. But it was, I mean, we can listen, we can read it and be like, that was pretty telling. Yeah. Um, then in August of 1997, Nancy died. In what? A, in a fire. Naturally. So Brent Crawford, who was 19 at the time, was believed to have set the fire, but at Cheryl's request. Mm. It was later revealed that he, because everyone's so fucking dumb, he told an undercover agent <laughs> That Sherelle had asked him to kill Nancy. And he was like, what's in it for me? And she said, $300 and a motorbike. I told her yes. And then we went back to smoking more weed. Everyone in this is just like, what? Bad name for weed. (laughs) Sherelle reportedly told Brandy about Crawford too, saying she had a boy who would do anything for her. She called him her prince. But this confession was also ruled inadmissible and Sherelle, even though she loved to talk, she did not testify at trial. Of course not. And she was sentenced to life imprisonment with no chance of parole for wow. 25 years in February 2001. Good good job, Canada. Yeah. You took care of business. Uh, oh, I wanted to give a shout out to the Ottawa Citizen. Okay. Because, like, I looked at a few different places, but they had a piece called Archival, How Sex, Lies, and Antifreeze Convicted the Angel of Death, Sherelle Dell. Uh-huh. Or Cheryl spelled extra <laughs> as fuck. Um, but, yeah, so that article was, like, insanely... Um, oh, fuck, what's the Detailed? word? Detailed? There's another word. Research? In depth? Thorough. It was very thorough, and so I got a lot from there, so thank you very much for that. And, yeah, I thought they were just, like, fun and different, and they're cases I'd never heard before. I loved both of them. But the one, like, that one is fucking insane. That one's absolutely insane. Had her lover killed. She killed her husband. Like, she's just, like, a black widow. I'm glad she got life without the possibility. Me too, because, like, like, she's awful. She was so manipulative. And, like, think about those poor kids. She's trying to pressure her young children to testify that their their father ejaculated on them like how do you even talk to someone about that i feel gross saying it i was gonna say i was like oh no but fuck you fuck you sherelle you're in prison where you belong (laughs) goodbye and yeah on that note um we'll be doing a lot more haunts but more spread out, perhaps, mm-hmm. than this weekend. Yes, yes. Um, and I'll be covering some for Creepy Kingdom 2. I actually just got a response for one that I've been really trying to get into. Hell yeah. And I will say what it is later because okay. I don't have the official confirmation yet. But okay. I'm very okay. excited. So just keep an eye on our Instagram. We'll definitely be doing lots of fun stories and stuff like that. And Daisy is very restless right now. And yeah. the air's off. So let's say um, – Instagram, oh. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, all high crime pod. We'd love you to say hi or like a post or, you know, enter our contest by leaving us a five-star review on Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts. Or um, send me a murder to do with all the research. 
That's fine too. Um, yeah, if you want to send Jamie a fully researched murder, that would be info Please. at highcrimepod.com. <laughs> And I'll mispronounce everything, and then my list will get in the way, and it'll oh, be great. Oh, no. Our website is highcrimepod.com. You can also listen there. And I think that's mostly it. Like I said, we'll be doing a lot more events, so you'll want to keep your eye on our Instagram. And then later, later buds. buds.